episode may contain language or discussions that may be offensive or triggering. Refer to the episode summary for details. Welcome to She Confidential Podcast Season 3. My name is Charlene Ketchum, and today I'm here with Dr. Kimberly Davis. She is a police officer, and she's a Chicago native and experienced pastoral counselor, chaplain, and law enforcement professional with a passion for providing expert counseling service to law enforcement agencies. And she has recently launched a cohort titled Pastoral Care and Ethics in the Age of Black Lives Matter. We are going to talk about her role uh, with the Chicago Police Department, her exciting new program. Uh, I actually ran across her information on Instagram and was just like, oh my gosh, this sounds so interesting. She sounds so interesting and inspiring. And I wanted to chat with her and I just knew that y'all would be interested as well. So I am excited um, and thankful that Dr. Davis made time to chat with me today. So good evening, Dr. Davis. Thank you for being here. Good evening. Thank you for having me. And please call me Kimberly, please. Okay, me. okay. I, I, I know I'm a doctor, right? Okay. <laughs> please call me Kimberly. I will do that. I'm, now that I've got your permission, I will do that. <laughs> so can you share a bit about your, your background? Because you have like such an interesting combination of a professional experience. Yeah, I don't know quite where to begin. There are a lot of intersections there on service. So whether it's to serve and protect, whether it is the order of deacon in the United Methodist Church is service. Part of the sorority that I am in, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated is service to all mankind. So there is service in my DNA uh, as clergy. Uh, my grandmother was a deaconess in the AME church. And so so it's just in my bloodline uh, to, to serve. Can't quite say where it began. I know there's no ending to it, you know, but it's always been deeply rooted in me and it's just something that I do. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. Yes. Like, yeah. yes. So whether it was my grandmother, you know, I spent time with her during the summer because my parents worked. And so whether it was visiting the sick, whether it was cooking, mm -hmm. whether it was somehow serving in the church, that's what I did and um, grew up serving in the church, junior usher board, usher board, youth choir, <laughs> all like that. And when I went away to school, I would send in my, my little tithes to the church, whatever allowance I got, I would send it back to church. And it wasn't until I became a police officer, because of course, church every Sunday, but it wasn't until I became a police officer and we have rotating days off mm -hmm. that I realized that there was a huge void of not being in church because it was such a huge mm -hmm. part of me. I went through the process and realized that I had a call on my life to go into ministry. And then I was like, well, God, how is this going to work? Because there's a whole laundry list uh, for ordination in the United Methodist Church. It was, for me, it was a um, seven year, seven year process, nine year process of ordination, which included a master's in divinity. And part of the master's in divinity was having an internship at a hospital. So I did an internship as a chaplain, it's called the field education at UIC Hospital. And while it was very taxing on my household is mom, police officer and student mm -hmm. and still clergy, uh, I did it. And it was one of the most rewarding experiences of my life. And that's when I realized that it was, God was leading me into chaplaincy. And it took a changing guard with the department 
And I said, I'll, you know, God told me, you know, you're going to, you're going to be a, and I was like, I don't see it, you know, and lo and behold, one of a couple of the department chaplains retired and that space opened up and that's how I became a department chaplain. So all those things happened. And one of the things that if I could just share, if God tells someone something just to know and have confidence in that, that it's going to happen, no matter if we can see it or not. It's going to open up. It's going to happen. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, yes. and I want to, if, it's, if this isn't too personal of a question, sure, ask about that. Because I know that sometimes when people talk about faith, that's yes. a really difficult concept for a lot of people to grasp. But because sometimes God tells you to do things and you're like, I'm homeless right now. Right. You know, and so how can people be obedient when they really don't see the pathway? Where do they find that faith? First in the word, I would encourage to get in a good, solid Bible study in church mm-hmm. where they have a, a wonderful pastor who is deeply rooted in the word first and yes. foremost, and then to study the word for yourself. But my dad, God bless him, he rest his soul, he died um, some years ago, but he had a daily word Bible. And if you read it uh, every day, it should cover the whole Bible throughout the year. And it's like the small devotionals with it. Get into it, you know, and it's user friendly. And uh, God will, you know, reveal some things just through that personal study. You know, and then of course on Sunday get that fresh up, but yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, there is something to be said about you know revelation that comes through just by studying the word on your own. And that's so empowering. I, I know a, a lot of times on this show and just in conversations that I have with people, we talk a lot about how to be empowered through that information. And I think that traditionally, particularly when we talk about religion, a lot of times people haven't been as encouraged to study the word Mm -hmm. for themselves. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of that disconnect and and inability or apprehension to believe in themselves or believe in what God is revealing to them. I mean, it's such a huge concept. It's, It's such a simple concept, but it's a big concept, if that makes any kind of sense. Because the logical mind, it doesn't make sense. Right. You follow what I'm saying? Like, how can I go from here to here? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can't see it. If God said it, it's, it's happening. If we begin to believe God for smaller things and see those things come to pass, it's easier to say, okay, God, if you did this, then you can bring me here. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's an exponential growth, you know? Mm-hmm. And with your different roles, because I admit when I, one of the things that fascinated me is, okay, she's, she's a chaplain reverend and a law enforcement officer like I would never have put that combination together um, because you and it's and a lot of it's just stereotypes you know what we think of certain personality types for certain roles how have you reconciled those traditionally or I guess different very different kind of roles how have you made all that work for you well all of them if if we think about it in our male-led positions you know, some denominations are opening up a little bit, but for most, most of the times, if you think of a pastor, you think of a man, Yeah. no, or if you think of a police officer, I would even stretch the envelope and say, it's a white man. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes we don't think of law enforcement in the, in the, in the color spectrum that it is. So uh, yeah, I am an 18 year veteran, the Chicago police department centered back to the word of knowing 
who I am in Christ, you know, it really plays a role in how I live, move, and have my being. So I remember there was some uh, good advice that um, one of the officers gave me, senior officers gave me when I started on the job. And she said, carry lotion in your, carry lotion in your, in your, on your person. I said, lotion, she said, remember that you are always a lady. Keep your hands lotioned up. You are a lady. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so yes, simple. I am. But, yes. Yeah. And that um, in law enforcement, it, it takes all kind. And it doesn't always take this, you know, you don't have to kick in a door. You know, um, there's, and, and in fact, we as women bring something different to the table. Do you follow what I mean? Yes. We bring that softness, we bring that nurturing, you know, if things go left, then of course I'm prepared, but at the same time, there's a skill set that women naturally bring to the table just by having estrogen. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that nurturing you know, words say, come let us reason together. Yes. <laughs> It's true. Yes. And so that's how I've navigated, you know, before we go any other direction, let us sit down and reason together. And uh, that has really helped me out. And knowing that my frame, I'm 5'2", at the time I was 120 pounds, that that wasn't working. You know, my boyfriend, now husband, was a field training officer. And so that was, that's a whole different piece. Had a a part in training me for the job. He was like, listen, you're not built like that where you can go and kick in a you know right so your approach has to be different yes yes Mm -hmm. so yeah not not five two and not five a (laughs) hundred now you know we talked years ago (laughs) but time brings about a change so Yes, 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 yes. So that's how all that, you know, just self-awareness and how that is really key of having that intergenerational peace to have the wisdom around, to have women of all ages, that, that circle of sister friends around to be able to, to nurture, you know, and to say, okay, hey, baby, this is the way to go. Or, hey, baby, you don't need to go that way, you know? Yes. And that's really important outside of mom. Do you watch the show, The Shy? I think I started it a couple years ago. I apologize. I have not kept it's up so, with there's, it. There was, when you talked about the circle of sisterhood, it made me think about, I'm going to try to say this without making a spoiler for anybody. Yeah. I don't like when people give away spoilers, yes. but there was a scene this week where all of the women came together to support one of the women who was giving birth. All right. And it was just, and it was a home birth in a pool and, in a, in a and mm-hmm. it was so beautiful it was absolutely beautiful to see and they weren't all relatives all of these women who gathered but seeing her like I and I, I it doesn't take much for me to cry watching yes. something but I was literally bawling Aww. because to see all of these women this this woman in labor being able to pull from the strength and the nurturing of all of these other women and when you talked about the circle of sisterhood and, and someone other than, than just in addition to mom, it's true. Yes. We, we need that at every stage in life 
And yes. with every experience in life, we need that sisterhood. I mean, it's powerful. It, it, it really is. is powerful because we draw strength from one another. Yes. You know, and, um, and, and some, some people, I'm sorry if you hear that. Um, the, <laughs> I am so sorry. So if, if, so I am a mom and yes. um, my daughter is a, is a counselor in a way camp and she's trying to, to reach us now. So I just told her that uh, we'll, I'll have to get back with her a little bit. So um, as being a, a woman juggling so many things, being yes. a mom. Yes. This is, this is real life. Real time too. So yeah. <laughs> in real time. So, uh, but yeah, that, that sisterhood is very, very important. And there's something about, you know, different, um, like they're like different personality types and how that is needed. We need that, that girlfriend. Yeah. We need the, and, and, mm-hmm. and I, and I got to say this kind of tongue in cheek. We need that ratchet girlfriend. We do. You know <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> You know, it's so, see, you're making me think of all these conversations. See, this is how I know when I'm vibing with somebody, when they remind me of like all these different things. So a friend and I, we were just talking about like how uncomfortable it can be to just let other people be, you know, because we all have our own set of values and preferences. And it's like, okay, my life, I want my life to be like this, but I will love you as you live your life the way you want to. And that can be a difficult thing to do do for so many people, including me. And so my friend and I said, you know, I have to take listening to like my Cardi B and Megan and very small doses. But I said, the thing is, I'm happy that they exist Yes, because we need all types of women you know, it's, we have such a, a very narrow definition on what it means to be a lady, mm-hmm. but I believe that Cardi and Megan are ladies too. They, have they just place. move different mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we, we need them as well. And yes. what we also need are the elders and others to tell young women when it's appropriate to, yes. to mimic that behavior. Yes. So that's balance, yes. you know, we need that balance and Unfortunately, I think we've gone so far to another side that when we are reprimanded or someone tries to hold us accountable for our behavior, you know, we immediately get very defensive. But I love that you noted that we need all of those different places. We do. Yes, we do. There's a a documentary on um, Netflix around my mother's gardens. I think it's it's been on Alice Walker's book in search of my mother's garden. It's a spectrum. If you've seen it, you you've seen it. You're nodding your head. I'm I'm guessing you've seen it. Mm -hmm. It's a spectrum of women. You get what I mean? And Mm -hmm. and they're all beautiful in their own way because of what they bring to the table. You know, and so uh, I mean, especially the 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 older woman, I think she was a doctor at the end and she was cooking. She was something. You get what I'm saying? She was spicy and saucy. And she knew what she was talking about. Yeah. We need all these different type of women because they add they add flavor. They add flavor to our lives. Yeah. You know? Where would we be? You know, yes. like I keep my bun tightly pinned down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but again, I need somebody around me to help me loosen up a little yes. bit. Yes. You know? Oh my goodness. Yes. They they really, they really do. And it doesn't mean that, you know, all things aren't for all people. Yes. But yes. you definitely can love people in their truth. Yes. Even if it is not yours. That's right. So, That's right. I believe yeah. that. Yes, absolutely. 
And just when leading, people say leading with love, but just thinking about just leading with love has helped me really ex- be more accepting mm-hmm. and loving towards other people. Because if I'm not, if I'm focusing on how I love you as a human being and less in the judgment, then all that other stuff is less uncomfortable. I love that. Yeah, we need a saucy, diverse sisterhood. (laughs) And so how does this relate to your new program? I want to talk about that. I was thinking of the climate that's going on as far as the violence. There's a huge disconnect between the community and law enforcement. And I have been on both sides of it. Just a little background about me. I grew up in the community that I was raised in. So when my husband and I got married, I, we got the house directly across the street from where I grew up. Wow. So, yes. Yes. Oh my yes. goodness. And so yeah. So I was born and raised and, and nurtured in the community, but there was a shift and it took good looking at a documentary. I can't remember the name of the documentary, but it was on PBS and it talked about the, the history of the projects in, in Chicago and how these two mammoth projects came down. There was a, a shift in, in the documentary. It shows how there became a, just a change starting from the Black migration up until the times that the, the projects came down and how they came down so fast, other communities were not ready. There wasn't a transition into apartment living or into community house living it happened at lightning speed and so with that um i grew up in a in a in a middle class black community and it just changed and so the community agreements changed the things that were not accepted were now accepted and um it, it just became hard because as i said before my husband is a is a police officer also and so it, it just it, it changed so much so that we were basically uh, for uh, peace reasons, we just moved, okay? Yes. And so we moved about, about 10 years ago because it got to be F the police and, you know, sitting mm-hmm. on our stoop when we got home. And I just said, this is different now. When I went to school in Dayton and finished up, I began to see even the, the change within the law enforcement community engagement with the public, whether it was the riots, the protests, the mm-hmm. all of that. And I said, wait a minute, it is a problem because in Chicago, we have a residency requirement. So law enforcement officers have to live in the city. Okay. You know? And so it's like, okay, this, we, we all live here. <laughs> what can we do? to uh, mend this fence. You know, clergy would be a great avenue to start. It would be a great avenue to start. And so I said, okay, so I pitched the idea to United and they were like, yeah, this is a great idea because United is a, is a seminary. We can do this. And so that's how all that came together. And prayerfully, it is, it, 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 it's my prayer that clergy would really uh, take a deep dive in this and look at how to be a bridge in their respective communities and be the bridge between community and law enforcement because we all 
really we all on a fundamental level taking off all the uniforms or whatever on a on a human level we need one another yes get what i mean or i mean i and our peace is contingent upon one another yeah. and we think about how in that level of being connected is deeper than it's deeper than police and, mm -hmm. and community we're we're all together it's not we're, we're in this mm -hmm. inescapable reality we are <laughs> Yes, we are. So, like it or not. Yes, you know? So yeah. after the uniform is off, I go to church. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? I'm going yes. grocery shopping. I'm doing, you know, I, I got kids in school. We all, you know, we are yes. together on so many other levels. We have to figure out how to bridge these men's and I know they're deep I mean they yeah. really are and so just looking at how to mend that and uh prayerfully you know yeah. and it's a three-year commitment because it is a doctoral studies program and prayerfully after the person in the cohort registers and finishes they graduate with their doctorate in ministry and so they not only change agents and become healers in their community in mending these deep wounds, they also, you know, have earned their doctorate in ministry because they committed to the study. Who is eligible to, to participate in this program? Well, uh, of course, clergy. That would be great. You know, community activists. You get what I'm yeah. saying? Those who yeah. want to play a role in authentically mending this thing and it, it but it has to come with from within I wonder how much we talked about counseling before I'm always concerned of how much we can how much trauma we can see on the news how many stories can the body really hold when we you know hear things like it leads if it bleeds do you follow what I'm saying yes. how much mm -hmm. how, can the body hold you know, yeah. as far as traumatic experiences. And then when we see, wow, you know, I, re I know that area. I know what that happened or, you know what I mean? And so I'm always concerned about that. And so it's like, nah, it's time. It has to, so this study has to come from a place of being yes. tired and really want to take up the mantle, take up the plow and get in the game and, and do some work. Absolutely. It's proactive healing yes. because you are spot on. I mean, St. Louis is, oh, oh, yes. yes. you know, we're experiencing a lot of crime. And even just last night, I saw several people I know, Facebook, there was an incident that happened and a lot of people were impacted and new people in that area. And I didn't know about it till my sister told me because during the height of COVID, I decided I'm disengaging from the news. Okay. And so yes. I no longer watch the news. Yeah. I no longer follow any news agencies. Yes. But what I will do, and this is for me, I decided I need to give myself control over what I'm exposed to and when. Yes. And so I will once a day, because I need to know what's going on, mm -hmm. I will go and check several news agencies and read headlines that allows me to decide this is when I have the headspace to take what's out there in this world right now. And some days I don't look because some days I, I can't deal with it or I, I'm having a really good day and I don't want to deal with that. Uh, so wow. you're spot on. And, and I know there is, is some studies um, because I do some work in medical publishing and I've seen some studies coming out about the impact on the body 
of this stress, this constant exposure to the stress over the last year and what that has done to immune system function. That link is very real. It's not speculation at this point. So people understanding that it is imperative to limit what you can. Yes. And, and then what a way to protect yourself. That is, that is awesome. You know, that is awesome to set up those boundaries for yourself. That's a beautiful thing. It really is. But yeah, so that, that's how I got to the to the cohort and just looking at how, how clergy can really engage this thing and have the tools. By the time they finish, they would have developed their own model of ministry, a replicable okay. model of ministry to, to heal in, in their area. Wonderful. And so for people who are interested and want to know more about this program, where do they go? What, is there a website or? Sure is. Thank you for asking. They can go to uh, united.edu and check it out. And under doctorate of ministry, look, uh, my name is under there, Kimberly Davis, click on it and they'll see what the, the cohort is about. There's also registration, how to apply. And yes. is there a deadline or is this a, an ongoing program? So yes, yes, and yes. So the, the program is ongoing. The cohort is very new. And so there are two semesters. While the seminary oh, is in wonderful. Dayton, it's a hybrid program. Once enrolled, we can either enroll in the fall, in August, or in January. That's when classes start. And so class is a, a week in session in Dayton. And then a week when each person in the cohort has an opportunity to host so there's an oh, yeah. opportunity to travel and learn in the city that each person is arrested nice. of. So yeah, when I tell you, I mean, the United really has this thing laid out. Yeah, and it's an opportunity to travel to different places that you wouldn't normally travel to. There's a lot of independent studies. So the person would really have to be disciplined because it really is a lot of work. A lot of, uh, a lot of reading, a lot of writing, and a lot of self-reflecting, thinking about the community and taking in, you know, all what's going on and, you know, what those avenues would be to be that bridge. That's amazing. I will go on the United's website and find the link and I'll include that on the sheconfidential.com. And I will also link, um, I'll confirm with you that daily uh, word Bible and I'll yeah. include a link for that in there as yeah, well. The Amazon, it's, I know it's on Amazon someplace, but like I said, it, yeah, that, that daily word is, it will get you where you need to be. Yeah, <laughs> and ooh, we need it. We need it all. We need yeah. it all these days. Yes, yes, yes. Essentially, almost anyone could apply for this program. I would really need to look and see. I know a master's in divinity, a master's in theology. I know that there, you know, there may have been one or two that that were not clergy, but that were counselors. Okay. Thing. Yeah. And so not necessarily clergy, but we're in the counseling field. So that is the mm -hmm. other avenue. I love linking these two worlds that we don't traditionally think coexist, yes. but they both are about service. It goes back to what you said at the beginning. It's about service, law enforcement is there to serve. And That's then right. the ministry and the clergy is there to serve and they should co-mingle. That's right. Really? That's, right. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And it's about protecting. So whether we're protecting someone's heart in the pulpit yeah. or protecting someone's physical being on the street, it both are very, I hadn't even thought about it. That is awesome. Thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. But, it's just, wow, so amazing to me. Chicago, is it normal for police departments to have 
you know, someone there as, as a chaplain for the law enforcement officers or is, is that, I've never heard of that before. I think Chicago is very, very unique in that. You don't hear a lot of jurisdictions that have, that they have police chaplains, but sometimes the police chaplains are volunteer chaplains and they're not police officers. And so, yes, we are unique in that avenue, in that vein that uh, we are sworn. Yeah, you know, we have about a hundred years, maybe a little less than a hundred years experience between all of us. Oh my goodness. Oh. Yes. Yes. So I'm the baby with 18 years. So the other three have 20, a minimum of 20. <laughs> wow. Oh yes. my goodness. Thank, yeah. thank you. Oh, thank no you problem. for being obedient. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And, and thank you for showing up every day. I know it's not easy, but thank oh. you. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure and an honor to serve. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like to share? Yeah, it's to encourage women and to know that we are healers, we are nurturers, to never take ourselves for granted, to always care for ourselves and our bodies, and know that we can do big things. If we set our minds to it, we can do big things more than we could ever think or imagine. Beautiful way to close us out. <laughs> Where can people follow you or find you on social media? Oh my goodness. And I am new to social media. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. And so I want to say I'm Reverend AKA 2013 on Instagram. Okay. And what I will also do for those who have been watching or listening to the show, they know this, but you can go to sheconfidential.com. And on the episode page for, for this particular episode, I will have everything about the program, links for that. And then I will also have all of your social media information as well. And Thank then you. on the YouTube page in the description box, there will be links for all of Kimberly's social media info, as well as on the podcast app. So people will be able to share for folks to, to see, what, see what you're doing and, and learn about this program and just see how we can expand our definition of what it means to serve. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is a wonderful opportunity. Well, thank you. So you all, I have been chatting with Dr. Kimberly Davis and my name is Charlene Ketchum. This is She Confidential Podcast. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already so that you can get alerts when there are new episodes and leave us a comment so that we know what you found inspiring about this episode. We'd love to hear about what you think about what's your definition of serving. What do you think about the value of diversifying the sisterhood? Add a comment and reach out. Thank you. And until next time.